right, <clears throat> we are live. It is three in one week. Uh, we just beat Akron. Um, you know, some of the vibes we got coming off of that game, uh, you know, it is a really weird week. And here's why. It's because Wake Forest felt like a phenomenal loss. We felt really good. Everybody was excited about that, the way the team performed and just how the fans and everything. We were all on a high. And then we actually turn around a week later and win a game. And everybody's kind of goes into a depression because we didn't play great and uh, or we didn't uh, cover the spread. Uh, we were 26, 27 point favorite, only one by nine. But, you know, we kind of tweeted out earlier this week, a win is a win and a win is always better than a loss. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter who you play. Uh, you can see here uh, the punting weapon, Aiden Alves, three key punts in the fourth quarter. Uh, he played phenomenal. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, Rocket Rahimi got his uh, intercep interception there and before he got his uh, personal foul targeting. It's his second of the year in four games. Day-Day uh, Hunter was amazing. Day-Day, um, all Day-Day, 18 carries for 118 yards, one touchdown. Um, you know, on for that game was it was our fourth quarterback in four games when Nick – uh, I'm, I'm sorry, when Nate um, Nate Hampton came in and won the game basically with a nice drive and what Freeze called the thir the thoroughbred where we ran a bunch. Uh, so so storyline is we're on our fourth quarterback in four games. Uh, we're three and one. As you told me, we would be three and one headed to ODU this weekend. Uh, I would have been thrilled. Um, so let's go. Let's uh, quick recap of Akron. What we have lined up tonight on the show. We've got Harry Minium joining us from ODU Sports. We've got Brendan Schlittler live with 55. <clears throat> We've got live also. Um, Richie Longshots is going to give us his picks live tonight. That's always a fun time. And then we've got a few other guests. John will join us. Uh, Kyle DeArmond will join us later on. And we have a special appearance. We got we got a birthday boy joining us here in a little bit that we'll say happy birthday to really quick. And uh, excited to do that. All right. I think that was the intro there. Um, you know, I'm excited to be three and one. Uh, thank you all for uh, watching tonight. Should be a fun time. And uh, without further, let's get into it with uh, Live with 55. Brendan, what's up, man? How we doing? Uh, we are three and one. <clears throat> the vibes are pretty high with most of the fan base coming off what is, you know, most would say is an ugly win. That's my first question to you. Is there such thing as an ugly win inside that locker room? Uh, there's definitely an ugly win. I know uh, after this last game, um, a lot of the leadership guys and the whole team in general, you know, you come off the field with a nine point win, but you're just, you left so much out there and, um, you know, you could have done a lot better. So there is definitely such thing as an ugly win. And, uh, I think we definitely, that describe exactly what this one was. It was an ugly win. So, uh, when it comes time to, to games like that, I, I know we talk a lot about this, but it is so intriguing to me how you guys are able to do this. You know, you come off what was a, 
uh, uh, I don't know, an emotional loss, a gut-wrenching loss, a uh, uh, what at Wake Forest, you know, the team played well, uh, didn't quite pull it off. You come off of that type of emotion and then you go into Akron and, and you know, maybe you, you get an ugly win. How do you flush all that each week and kind of prepare for the next week? I know we got ODU who's been playing really well coming up. How, how, how do you personally, um, um, what is mental exercise exercises? Do you flush that kind of game and, and get prepared? Um, you know, us fans, we let those, those feelings linger a little bit longer than, than maybe you guys do. So how, how do you do that? Yeah. So we have our Monday meetings. Uh, we're off Sunday, Monday meetings when we watch the film, hear from our coaches, you know, get our grades, see how everyone did make corrections, show the positives. So, we have a big emphasis in our building that once all that's done on Monday, we put that game in the trash. So um, regardless if it was a loss, ugly win, big win, big loss, you know, whatever it is, besides the takeaways from that game that we can improve on for the next week, everything good, bad, ugly is in the trash and it's done. So I know it sounds crazy, but kind of train myself to uh, just let it go after Monday. So our obviously already focused on old dominion and, um, I guess it's just something that comes with time. As fans, you don't have to work, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for an upcoming opponent. So you guys have a little bit of an excuse to not let it go as soon. But uh, definitely <clears throat> as a player, you have to let it go immediately or else it can affect your prep for the next game. Thanks for giving us a little bit of grace there as fans. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, all right. So talk to me. I am interested in footwear. I, I am interested in offensive lineman space boot footwear. <laughs> What you guys wear, uh, some of these cleats that offensive linemen wear these days, seriously, are massive just boot-looking things. Does that change when you head into a game? I don't know. I, I believe I don't know if Old Dominion is turf or if it is natural grass, but either way, it's going to be really wet. Do you guys change your spike length? Do you change your footwear? Talk to me a little bit. Why is it so important for you guys to have those big boots? And do you change it going into a game where it's probably going to be wet? Yeah, I started uh, – when we played at Virginia Tech, I started wearing a different type of cleat. It was my first time wearing it that game because it was grass. And I kind of fell in love with the style it was. We have two different types. We have like a really hard um, – really, really hard type. I don't know what it's made out of. And the other type, it's like a like it's like a molded type that's on the bottom. So there's two different – there's like a spiky and like a mold. So uh, I, I go with the spikes now. So it kind of helps me in the rainy game. So – Going to the Southern Miss, we're supposed to run. I wore the spikes. A lot of games on grass, I wore the spikes. And, you know, we have the option as offensive linemen if we want to wear the spikes where we'll get more of a grip, then we'll definitely be able to do that. So I think a lot of the guys, um, those are the black ones that we have. So a lot of the guys will be wearing the black spiky ones. So uh, the grip shouldn't be an issue. Um, so last year we talked a lot about the leadership with uh... – Sergeant and Schultz and, and a few of the other guys there, um, you know, you, you, you said you said a lot that, you know, you would talk to those guys and those guys had been through it a lot and they would kind of help you move on and trash bad games and, and even trash good games and, and help you that way mentally. Um, are you taking on more of that role for some of these guys? I know you talk that we have a lot of experience with the transfers, but they haven't been around Liberty football uh, you know, and the culture and, and that kind of thing. Is that a role that you've taken on 
Um, do you have those types of conversations with your offensive line unit or is it kind of just an understood thing where you guys really don't have to talk about it? I just am curious if, if you've transitioned, transitioned into that role. Yeah, I definitely have a transition into more of that type of role, but there's been a couple guys that have came with me. So, uh, it's just not a one man show. We got a lot of guys that, um, you know, help run the room and hold the standard and, you know, types of things that you need that for in this you know, this point in the season, we're going into week five, your body's starting to hurt a little bit more. You're getting a little tired the early mornings when it's dark out um, and cold, like you can easily make excuses or kind of fall behind on the day. So uh, when you have a bunch of guys that hold that standard, it's, you can't miss a beat. So yeah, with those guys gone, the guys have done a good job of holding that up. Um, So I guess uh, last question here. Well, first of all, uh, RT Rogers, we got their new logo, got their number up here, got the whole new overlay looking for them. Uh, nice. Greg, Greg has just been uh, thrilled with, with these uh, segments and uh, we really appreciate, appreciate all he does. And, and I'll go ahead and tell you guys they're an oil base, uh, oil delivery, fuel delivery company based out of West Virginia. They service six states and basically what they do is they get fuel to customers in need, whether that's uh, gas stations they keep those uh, going and then uh, propane at your house or, uh, you know, if you use that diesel fuel in a, in a fur- fuel furnace, they deliver that kind of thing. So RT Rogers, he, Greg Rogers is an alumni of Liberty, good friend of the show. Thank you so much, uh, Greg, for supporting this. Uh, again, Brendan, uh, October 15th, they'll be coming to a game and uh, we'll definitely hook up after the game and uh, and meet up. So, uh, yeah, that is RT Rogers. You got the nice hat on there, I see. Uh, all right. So. Last, last, last question. What experience do you have playing in uh, hurricanes, monsoons, uh, torrential downpours? Are you excited about that as an offensive lineman? Um, you know, how do you acclimate yourself? Do you do you pride yourself in in the weather games, or do you would you prefer sunny in seventy five? Prefer sunny in seventy five, but. Uh... You got to take whatever you can get. So we kind of joke around, you know, any team, any time, any place, you know, any conditions, and we're going to go out there and do our thing. So in this type of game, whether it's going to it's going to rain and be windy as can be, that's a game where you have to run the ball to win. So we kind of lick our chops and say, you know, if we have a good game, this is a win because we have more of an effect than most games because of the weather. So if, if we go into this with the mindset that if we run the heck out of the ball, you know, strain and finish our blocks you know just keep running our feet there's a little bit more motivation going into that type of game so uh i think we see it as an opportunity and we're excited to see uh you know rain wind or shine what happens we're excited to run the ball and appreciate you uh it is 8 46 that is a little bit past your bedtime so we'll let you go tonight uh thank you for all you do man and uh appreciate appreciate you coming on every week and uh being so professional, you know, and I'll tell everybody watching, it is not easy to do what he does uh, in terms of not giving away trade secrets, not making his teammates upset, not making the coaching staff upset, also giving fans something that's not boring to listen to. And uh, you are uh, towing that line perfectly every week. And uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Good luck down at ODU. I know, I know uh, we'll be there. You'll have some family there. So it'll be exciting to be down there and uh, try to get another win uh, under your belt as a flame. So we appreciate it.
Hey, man, let's get the four and one. It'll be a good feeling. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Real Team Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add, too, is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well, because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much. We are joined by ODU Sports, Mr. Harry Minium Jr., a uh, longtime friend of a sea of reds and uh harry we'll just start there how can we find you i know that you know a couple of years ago you made a transition from uh, maybe the newspaper side of things over to odu sports how's that transition been going and uh you know w tell us a little bit about how you cover the team and what your role is with odu sports well it's very different than covering it for the newspaper because you know when you write for the newspaper um you are critical at times, and, and obviously I have to walk a fine line when it comes to that. I am critical at times, but uh, I'm not going after, uh, you know, major in-depth, uh, you know, like investigative stories. But uh, the, the thing is that, that so many of my friends have left the newspaper business because newspapers and, you know, they're really having a hard time. And I think out of all my friends who've left, I've got the best job. I mean, I'm still covering athletics. I'm still able to... Uh, write great stories about great athletes. Um, you know, I, I cover all, all the Old Dominion's athletic teams. I write about each team at least once a semester. Well, maybe almost every team once a semester and uh, go to football games. I've, you know, I've been at field hockey, soccer, um, uh, 
volleyball games this year. It's a lot of fun. It keeps you young. I'm, I'm an old guy and it keeps you young, hanging around young people. You can find um, me at odusports.com. That's our website where we post all of our, uh, all of our uh, stories and, and uh, press releases. And you can also find me on just hit, just search for Harry Minium at, um, on Twitter, on Facebook. And there are not too many Harry Miniums up there. They'll I'll, I'll pop up. Awesome. So <clears throat> we're going to get a couple things out of the way. First of all, the COVID season where ODU decided not to play. I was kind of like, I don't know. It felt like in the moment that it could set the program back, and it obviously has not. But it felt like back then they were one of the few that took that stance of, you know what, 2020 is going to be kind of a wash. We're going to sit this one out, this one out. Looking back reflectively, you know, I was kind of hoping because I, I see you guys as a sleeping giant in the state. I see you guys as, as somebody who's going to compete with Liberty for recruits and, and all kinds of stuff. And so I was hoping, honestly, as a fan, that it would kind of like, you know, what that would, that, that decision would kind of backfire. It did not. Um, and I, I'm glad it did. And I wouldn't wish that on your program. I, it just just me trying to interpret what was going to happen. Uh, w- looking back a couple of years now. What did that season off and, and being one of the few universities to sit out during COVID um, and not play that season, what did that do for the program? Did did players develop? Did the sense of community get stronger? It, what positives came out of that for ODU? Let's talk about the negatives first. First thing is they lost some players, which is going to happen when you don't play. And then they had to make some decisions on seniors. You know, they, they had all these players coming back. They had newcomers coming in. So they you had to make some painful decisions to tell seniors, look, um, you know, you've graduated, you know, it's, you know, it's time to move on. And uh, Ricky Ronnie, ODU's head coach, a former Penn State offensive coordinator, handled all that well. I, I wasn't around the football team much during the pandemic because, you know, they were all at home. Uh, you know, while a lot of teams were playing football, they were at home um, taking courses online. Uh, it was, it was, there was a lot of damage done to the program during the pandemic. But the thing is, is the strength coaches, the coaches, everyone, they just, they stayed online with these kids. They, they kept them together and uh, they kept telling them, look, um, you're going to appreciate playing football more after having not played it for a year. And, and that was kind of the mantra that they came out of that spring, that first spring practice they'd had in a year. They, they did not look very good, but they just loved playing football. And when last season began, they didn't look very good. Uh, they they lost some close. They lost some very close games. They were one and six, and then things started clicking, and they won their last five in a row. And you know when you ask them, and, and got to a bowl game for the first time in 2016. When you ask them, well, what happened is, well, you know we didn't play football in 2020. We really appreciate the game now. You know, going without football for almost two years, that's a long time for, you know let's say a junior who's been playing community league football since he was six years old, you know, that's uh that's a big change for them. And that really absence does make the heart grow fonder. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of a, you know, a major respect thing from my, my point of view was, you know, ODU stuck to their guns there on that. And, and it, it seemed to kind of pull out and you guys are, are, are working towards having a great season. Uh, another question to kind of catch us up from the last couple of years since we've talked and played each other. Talk to us about uh, you were just starting this, the the uh, stadium renovations. You know what can we expect Saturday night other than heavy rain? Uh, 
you know, as, as far as stadium amenities, what, you know, what's a typical crowd like, uh, how, how have you guys been enjoying the new stadium and, and what are some of the main features and kind of, uh, upgrades? I know, I know from what I remember, it was more of a retrofit. You took the old stadium and kind of made it, made it new. So talk to us a little bit about the stadium and how you guys are liking it. Liking it. Well, what we did actually, if you were, if you were at the game where Liberty played at ODU, I think it was in 2013, that was played in a stadium that was about 85 years old and had 85 year old amenities. It was, I love Foreman Field. You know, I, I played there, I watched games there. I just love the place, but it was a dump. And so we basically, we tore down both sidelines and rebuilt them in 10 months, you know, which is an amazing thing. Steven Ballard Construction did the work. They hired two contractors on each side. They demolished everything by Christmas. You know, all the steel work was up by March and they got a, a, a new stadium done. $71.5 million stadium done, and it's probably more than that because there are probably more costs that went into infrastructure and all that. It's um, There are about seven or 8,000 chairback seats. There are 16,000 uh, seats on the sidelines, and all of them have great views. It was designed to where the end zone sort of form kind of, excuse me, the sidelines form kind of a U around the field. So you, as you get toward the, you know, the 20 and the 10 and the 5-yard line, you're sort of facing the field more, uh, not directly, but in an angle. And there's there's not a bad seat in, in, uh, on either side. And from what I understand, Liberty fans are going to be on the sidelines. So they can expect modern concession stands, modern restrooms. Uh, we probably shouldn't say this on a Liberty broadcast, but we're selling beer and wine this year. So for the first time in the stadium. So um, it's, an, it's, an, it's a place that it, you'll have a really nice experience. You know, if, the, if by some miracle the rain holds off, uh, Old Dominion fans are, are really great tailgaters and they're very friendly. So if, you know, if the weather's not too bad, I'd say to Liberty fans, go hang out with the ODU fans. I mean, we're friendly people. It's when Virginia Tech played here in our opener, they were, you know, probably a quarter of the people in the tailgate lots were wearing maroon and orange and they were tailgating with our people. Now they were screaming at each other during the game but before and afterwards everything was friendly so um it's a great stadium and you'll you'll love the press box it's a great press box uh yeah that'll be that'll be awesome i know that uh john is headed up there so you have to say hello to john manson there all right let's talk about the game uh real quick i know we have it we've uh, i'm more interested in odu as a program just because you guys are up the road and I love that we're playing each other so much and you guys are a, a sleeping giant in the state potentially. I love that. And, uh, but let's talk about the game specifically. Uh, a couple of questions here and I, I'll let you just go for it. Um, the rain, how is that going to impact ODU's game plan? It looks like that they've been struggling running the ball. They've been passing the ball pretty well. Is that accurate? And will the rain affect that? Secondly, who are some of the playmakers uh, that we expect on defense and offense to kind of uh, we should look for. Give us a couple of numbers and names to kind of watch out for if we haven't watched ODU. I've watched several games, but some of the people watching haven't watched ODU. Who's going to jump out at us that uh, we should key in on some of the plays on both sides of the ball? Well, Hayden Wolf, our quarterback, has had a, he's off to a good start. He's um, um, he's thrown very well. He's big guy, six four. He's put on about twenty pounds since last year. He's, he's not heavy. He's still kind of thin-framed, but he's more durable than he was. Ali Jennings, a third wide receiver, is one of the leading wide receivers in the country. Okay, he's just an awesome. He's an awesome wide receiver. He gets double-teamed a lot. 
and he just manages to find his way open and, and make great catches. Zach Kuntz, our tight end, a transfer from Penn State. He's one of these uh, Power Five guys who wasn't playing. And, you know, when you come to a school like Old Dominion or, or Liberty and you're a Power Five guy and you're good, but you're not playing, it's a great move. And it was a great move for Zach because he's on – who knows whether he'd be playing at Penn State now. They call that tight end you. At Old Dominion, he's he's standing out. He's A lot of NFL scouts have been there to see him. He's going to be a first or sec, probably second-round choice. Uh, six foot eight, 235 pounds. Um, he's kind of a freak athlete, he, and he's a great kid, too. Um, offensive line is good. It's, uh, it's anchored by Nick Saldaveri. He's a junior. Um, he was, I believe, second-team all-conference USA last year. And I have a, a story online now about our center, uh, Xavier Black. Um, he's a little, a little over six feet tall. He's at 275. He is a walk-on who uh, JMU did not offer. He's from Fishersville, Virginia, just a little bit outside of Harrisonburg. And uh, JMU didn't offer him. William & Mary and uh, Richmond wanted him to walk on, and uh, Division II's offered him a little bit of money. And he came to ODU and walked on, and, and he's just grinded and grinded and grinded. And now he's the starting center. And Saturday night after they beat Arkansas State, uh, Coach stood up and said, great win, we gutted it out, and Xavier Black, you're on scholarship. So – it took him four years, but he's on scholarship. Uh, the defense, um, the defensive line is 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 big and aggressive. Uh, but the big guy is Jason Henderson. He is a linebacker. He leads the country in tackling. He had, I believe, 25, 21 or twenty five tackles against uh, Arkansas State. And the first time I saw him, I looked at him and said, "Well, he's good. I, he was actually working a charity event with a lot of other freshmen." I said, "Well, he's got to be a JUCO." You know, but he was 17 years old. He, he's he was so muscular. Uh, the guy has an amazing work ethic, and he's just indestructible. Um, he just he just brings people down. The defensive backfield is good and aggressive. We had seven sacks last week, all by seven different people. So, uh, Old Dominion, the Blake Siler, the defensive coordinator, does a great job, and uh, Kevin Reiner, our offensive coordinator, called a great second half. He just he saw some things that weren't working in the first half. He changed what we were doing, and boom, uh, we, we scored three touchdowns. The defense also scored a touchdown. D.B. Harris uh, re scored his third touchdown of his career. He's a transfer from Minnesota, a defensive end who intercepted a pass and returned at 16 yards. Um, special teams, we like the block kicks. Uh, Old Dominion led the country in block kicks last year. We haven't, I and mean, we've all we've done is we blocked two extra points against East Carolina. Um, and we nearly had two blocks against Arkansas State. Um, so I, I would, I would, at any time they can come after a kick. Wow, wow, it's an interesting stat. Led the nation in block kicks last year. Oh man, I am, uh, I'm a little nervous for the way that weather is going to impact the game. What are your thoughts on how the weather will impact, uh, ODU squad from game planning perspective. Do you think it's uh, do you think that they have the run game and the short passing game that's required to win? And what sounds like it's going to be a monsoon. Yeah, I hope it's not, but it does sound like it. I mean, like Brendan uh, Sch Schlittler, is that how you say his name? Um, Careful, yeah, but yeah, that's how yeah, you say it. How you say yeah, it? Nice, nice kid. He, he seems like it's, it's good that he goes on with you every week. I, I, I commend him for that. That's really cool. 
Um, like you said, I think, uh, you know, obviously when it rains, you got to run the ball. It, it, you don't have to run the ball, but if it's windy and it rains, you got to run it well. Um, you know, it's Old Dominion has good running backs. They have good blockers. They've not been able to get their running game going. Um, Ricky Ronnie said at his press conference this week, we're a block away here, a mistake here. You know, you know, guy make a goes in the wrong direction. They're just little mistakes that have kept the running game um, from succeeding. But they we've got five guys on the offensive line who started last year, including four who started virtually every game. The line was good last year, um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting matchup. The, the, the thing is, I I think Old Dominion's defense will probably uh, like playing in the rain. They like to cause havoc. You know, um, I, I think this will uh, I think this will benefit the defense if it is wind and windy and rainy. Awesome. Harry, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Always uh, love reading your stuff. I know that you're uh, doing a great job over there covering the team, promoting ODU. Um, you know, between us and JMU and, 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 and you guys, that's three pretty good G5s in the same state. I hope that we can continue to play each other. And the powers that be will we'll continue to, to build the schedules as such. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun fun game for us three and a half hours away from me. So I'll be making the trip on, on Saturday and uh, looking forward to being there and uh, hope, hope you guys feel the same that Liberty is a good game for you guys locally to get some, some, uh, lo- some Lynchburg fans coming that way. And also a good challenge for a uh, non-conference G5 team. So um, yeah, yeah, we've, look- uh, we've recently announced that, uh, you know, two more games of Liberty in the future. Um, I know the athletic directors from both schools are good friends. Um, yeah, Liberty's a great game for us. It's a great game. And uh, I hope JMU schedules you to a few more, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I that'd be that's, great. That's an old rivalry that really needs to be renewed, I think. So. Yeah, all, all these in-state G5 uh, should be playing. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie with you, Harry. I uh, was have been and probably still am a little bit bitter about you guys joining the Sun Belt without us. I thought that we had this thing going where it was going to be us and Marshall and you guys and JMU. We were all going to go to the Sun Belt together. We're going to have these regional rivalries together in the same conference. And then we kind of got left out in the cold um, it, over in the Conference USA, which I think could be a good move for us. But we're looking forward to a day where maybe we can be in the same conference and, and have those have those battles again. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, conference it's, realignment, it's not over. It's it's continuing to happen. Things oh, yeah. are going to be so different five years from now, just like they were five years ago. So, yep. You know, and, and we're. Gonna- we're just we just hope we're in the right place at the right time here in five years and uh anyway love love playing odu it's my favorite game of the year in terms of just local rivalry and and you know like i said i think that both of these programs have what it takes from an investment standpoint from a coaching standpoint they have what it takes to to be the premier um so Anyway, that is uh, kind of why I love this. All right, looks like Hugh Freeze, Little Freeze, has entered the building here, Harry. I appreciate your time, and we'll catch up with you. Look forward to your coverage this week. Thank you very much. Take care, Chad. All right. Oh, my word. We have with us now the man, the myth, the legend. Hey, Chad. 
Hey, uh, happy birthday to Little Freeze here. Uh, wow, it looks like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Little Penny, but uh, this is Little Freeze. He will be joining us on occasion, but we wanted to bring him on here tonight to tell him uh, happy birthday to you, Little Freeze, and uh, just catch your thoughts, see if you had a wonderful mm-hmm. birthday. Man, I tell you what, man, I, I appreciate that so much. You know, the the truth of Monday ended up rolling over into the truth of Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> I might be a, a year older, but uh, still young at heart. So I appreciate that. And thank everybody for the kind messages. And obviously, uh, you know, the day started off great with a, a beautiful birthday wish from Reagan, which really blessed me. And, uh, you know, Jill always uh, throws a great birthday celebration at the house. So it, it's, it's been a great day. Thank you, Chad. Uh, so, so little freeze, I, I got a question for you. Um, this, the, the shoes, the black, the black golf shoes, golf cleats here. Um, are we going to update to some like Nike vapors, anything with an air bubble in them, anything like 21st century? What are your thoughts on, on updating the shoes here? Little freeze, uh, you know, little freeze. I have, I have been, uh, made aware has a pretty nice contract with Nike. Um, so yeah, when's yeah. the hookup coming for the new footwear? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're, you're, you're definitely right. And, and actually, one of the birthday wishes, you know, Nick called me this morning. I don't know if you knew about that, but uh, Nick called me, and I told him, you know, I was actually asking about his shoes. You know, he likes to hit the, hit the golf course. He, he said he had just finished cleaning out the, the refrigerator again for the fourth time this week. It's only Tuesday. And, uh, you know, he, he was telling me about his shoes as well. So, uh, you know, I, I had to hit up Nick and, and try and get some some advice and, certain, you know, some of the shoes that he's got. So I'll definitely have to uh, to get to get one of those. I think that we got what some some white and red ones that we can get our hands on. Nice. Uh, little freeze. Thanks for joining us again. Happy birthday. Any thoughts uh, on on the rain? Any weather forecast? Any thoughts on the rain coming this weekend? You know, man, we, we could be in a hurricane, and uh, it's not going to matter. My, my head might be blowing off, but it doesn't matter uh, at all. You know, flames by 90. Uh, you know, my, the, the, the day ended great with the birthday present. Rocket Rahimi will be back. Uh, so the, the referees uh, definitely got that one wrong. Called him out on it in the postgame press conference. But, uh, you know, it's good to see the NCAA come through for us for once. And hey, uh, so, yeah, hey. we're, we're, we're excited. Yeah, I just read the tweet. Rocket Rahimi uh, suspension has been overruled. A sea of red, and Damian both had that. That I don't know. I guess that they reviewed the play. It didn't look like it was helmet to helmet. Thanks for submitting that in, Little Freeze. We'll catch up with you next week. Happy birthday, my man, and uh, stay safe down there in the monsoon. Thanks, Chad. All right. <laughs>
and came back and said that, you know, it was not a targeting call. Um, so that, you know, took that targeting call off his resume and, and uh, now Rocket will be free and ready to play uh, beginning with, you know, the first half because he was going to miss the first half. And that also, the way the rule used to read is if you got three targeting calls in a, in a season, uh, you would miss an entire game the next game following, not just a half. So, um, you know, that takes it off and he's only got the one so far this season. But, yeah, so that, that's huge news for, uh, for Liberty and the defense and, and that back end. There's the tweet there. Uh, I was sitting right there and saw his interception. He is a playmaker on that back end for sure. And having him will be, uh, you know, they're probably not going to be a lot of running. I would anticipate with the monsoon. I want to get your thoughts on that, John. What are some of the rain games that you've been a part of here in the recent memory, Uh, especially any in the freeze era? I remember, um, I don't know if it was during the freeze years, but when we first came into the FBS, we had a season there where like North Texas was delayed and uh, we sent everybody out of the stadium for the next game, which was maybe Troy. Was that freeze era? Um, And then even last year in the, in the bowl game, um, was lightning delay. I don't remember if it was rain, but you got any memory of rain games under freeze and uh, how does the game plan change if you can remember? Um, and then, you know, what are your thoughts on who does this help hurt? Is it kind of an, uh doesn't really matter. What are your thoughts on, on playing in such a predicted monsoon? Yeah, that was a 2018 season, which was the last year of Turner Gill as head coach. So before freeze came on, when uh, it seemed like every home game was weather affected, whether it was lightning delays or or rain or, or weather or, or whatever the case may be, it seemed like that was the entire season that year. Um, you know, there really hasn't been a ton uh, under freeze that has been affected by the weather. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the bowl game last year, the Lending Tree Bowl down in Mobile. Uh, there wasn't really much of any rain. It was just kind of lightning in the distance. Um, you know, the ter- first two games of this season, Southern Miss and then also uh, UAB, the, the home opener up here in Lynchburg, uh, had some weather. I mean, UAB was pretty much a washout and uh, the Southern Miss game was threatening for rain all week. Then it ended up not being as much. I mean, it was a little drizzle some throughout the game. But but yeah, I mean, it was um, uh, some, some of my biggest memories uh, of rain games. I remember 2006, the first game under... Uh, Danny Rocco as head coach. Uh, it was the first game after I graduated from Liberty. Um, I think it was a tropical storm, remnants of the tropical storm for uh, St. Francis, I believe it was, or St. Paul's maybe, first game of the season. Uh, I remember going to that and just being absolutely drenched head to toe after that. Then there's also another game under Danny Rocco. It was JMU, maybe like 2008, 2009, maybe 10, somewhere in there uh, in Lynchburg. Liberty lost that one in a close one. I think it was like a seven point game or something like that, but that was another monster. And those are kind of the two biggest ones that I remember as a, as a fan. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to, to answer your question, the part of it about uh, uh, how does it affect the game this weekend? Um, if it, it depends on what it is. I mean, we, we still don't know, you know I mean? It's a hurricane moving up the coast and, and we'll see what happens when it gets here. But um, you know, if it's, you know, a strong rain, hard, heavy rain and some wind, 10 to 20 mile an hour wind gust, uh, you know, that's going to affect the passing game, obviously. And I think that hurts ODU because they haven't proved that they've been able to run the ball much this year. And 
And I think Liberty probably has got the, the edge in the trenches on both sides of the ball, uh, defensive line and offensive line. Yeah, ODU's D, D line is much improved, but I think Liberty's got the, the upper hand in those matchups right now. And, uh, you know, but if it's just a, a slight drizzle, you know, with some downpours occasionally throughout the night, I'm not sure it'll be that much of a of an impact really, but, but we'll see what happens. All right. So I'm going to set you up here to kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do with this. Be careful here. Uh, I have, I was a year early on ODU. I have always said that ODU had the, the talent. They have the market down there with the fan base. They have the tradition. They have Ricky rain, who I think has been really good on the recruiting trail. Um, they have everything to be a good, formidable uh, G5 team, not just in Virginia, but in the country. Last year is the first time I've ever in my life uh, placed a wager against Liberty, and it was like plus 28 or something like that, 27, 28. I think it was 28, and I and it ended up being a wash, and I learned my lesson that night, never bet against the Flames. Um but here we are. But here we are. We were point favorite last last year, and things have changed. And it's not just Malik Willis. Things have changed for ODU as well. And we're only a two and a half point favorite. John, are you as high on ODU as a program? I mean, obviously, right there with Harry, I was con- calling them a sleeping giant. I was talking about how phenomenal this and that they were. Uh, are you as high on ODU as a program and their future as I am? And if not. Why are we only a two and a half point favorite? What are they doing right? And what are we doing wrong that has this line so much different than last year? I mean, literally 90% of our team is back. And, and I don't know, maybe 70% of their team is back. And we went from a 28 point favorite to a two and a half point favorite. What has changed? So that's a lot to unpack there. Sorry, go ahead with your seven minutes answer. Well, I don't want to steal uh, our man Richie Longshot's thunder, but I think the lines dropped down to like two or one and a half in some books that I've seen. So uh, it's gotten even tighter than it was. But but uh, you know, yeah, there's that that is a lot to unpack. I mean, first of all, I think Liberty is ahead of ODU as a program. I think they'll continue to be ahead of ODU as a program just from from a, a financial support a structure from a success point of view. I mean, Liberty has done a lot more and had a lot more success at the FBS level already uh, than ODU has. So they're playing from behind there. But but to your point, yes, they have made a lot of growth in the past year. They have the potential to be a top 50 type uh, football program in the FBS. And, uh, you know, they 757 is a hot recruiting uh, it's a hotbed for recruiting, right? And, um, you know, so they have, they have the potential to have a, have a good program and a strong team. But speaking of their team and why this line is so much lower, they've gotten a ton better since last year. I mean, Liberty just absolutely ran all over them. And, and to your point, I think you thought that, that they were going to see a lot, of, a lot of growth and improvement last year, and they did. It just didn't happen so early. I think that was game three or four that, that the two played. But, uh I think ODU is something like eight and three in their last 11 games. Um, you know, so they won six out of the last seven last year and they're two and two so far this year with, with the win over tech. And then uh, they really should have beat UVA um, to be honest. They, they had a, had a lead there in the final minute and, and couldn't keep them from getting a last second field goal. So uh, ODU's made a lot of growth um, and a lot of progress as a team and as a program, but, 
no, I, I still take the Flames over top of them Saturday, and I take the Flames over top of them moving forward. <laughs> Wouldn't anything different. Wouldn't expect anything different. All right. Uh, let's go ahead, uh, John. Stick around with me and hang out, and uh, let's let's ask Kyle Diarman a couple of questions here. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in Kyle Diarman. Well, uh, the the intro video is lacking there a little bit. We need to step that up a little bit for our main man here, Kyle. Uh, it looks like, man, it looks like uh, you're not in a dark alley, but it's dark behind you. If anything comes creeping up behind you, I'll let you know. Uh, Nick, yes, the producer, you. if anything looks like it's going to go down, do not let it go down on our live stream. We Our, our lawyers would hate that. Uh, so, Kyle, are you in I'm in a safe environment. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm in Houston, Texas. Uh, so I'm, I'm safe, secured. I'm on a back porch, so I'm, I'm good. Um, all right. So first question for me here is, uh, I saw you on the, on the sidelines at Akron. Um, tell us best you can from what you saw as a fan, how was, was I don't know. Was it game planning? Was it the mentality of the team? Was it just the way things were going? Was it not having uh, uh was it you know the, the quarterback inconsistency? What were some of the things that maybe contributed to what what has been called an ugly win from your perspective? Well, I was off. I was kind of standing off on the side, so I wasn't you know like in the huddle or hearing what was going on or anything like that. I mean, from what I was could hear, there wasn't anything that was, uh, you know, like nobody was talking down or upset. I think it was just, you know, it's hard to win football games at the division one level. I mean, you think about, you know, we're talking about an ugly win. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in some people's eyes, it was an, an ugly win, but you know, a wins a win. And, you know, you think about like, as, as a program, you know, I was thinking about this today, you know, think back if we would have if if you would have said there would not have been an ugly win against an FBS team, uh, you know, six years ago, five years ago. You know, we we have had, you know, we beat app. Think about but going back in my head, we beat app in their transition year. The next year we beat Georgia State. Uh, the next year we didn't have an FBS win. And then the next year we beat Baylor, you know, and. And so, I mean, we lost to SMU and we lost to West – who do we play? SMU and – I can't remember what that year we, we played SMU and another FBS school. But I, I hear people talk about, man, it's an ugly win. And it's good that we're, that our program has kind of come where it's like, you know, that's just what our fans expect. But to answer your question, long way around, you know, I, I mean, yeah, we got to be more consistent, of course. I mean, our defense is going to be able to keep us in games. And I think Coach Frieza said it. We just got to – find a way to score points. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, like a win is a win. And, you know, to be at three and one is, is what we want, you know. Kyle. So uh, from a former player, quarterback, wide receiver, and then also coach, um, you know, we, we've talked a lot and focused a lot on the quarterback play this season, rightly so. I mean, it's not 
uh, typical to have three quarterbacks get a start in the first four games. Um, how much does that affect not the quarterbacks, but the rest of the offense, you know, the line, the receivers, the running backs? I mean, because you, you hear a lot about, you know, the quarterback being kind of the captain, the leader of the ship uh, in that in the huddle and, and things like that. How much does it affect the rest of the offense? Yeah, I think it definitely affects them. I mean, you have, you know, that consistency with one guy, you know, probably affects um, – you know, the receivers and the skill players a little bit more. But, I mean, it affects the offensive line because just the communication that the quarterback has to have in calling the plays and, you know, any anytime, I mean, and just the com- comfortability of having the same guy all the time, you know, it just makes it easier to go out there. You know, I think of when I played, I mean, Mike Brown started every game basically, you know, and so there was never a question of – you kind of knew what he was going to do. You know, you knew when a play was called exactly what he was thinking, you know, because you had done it so many times in practice. So I think it definitely is, is tough to be, you know, different guys in and out, but you know, sometimes it's what you got to do to win. And I think that's what freeze is doing. It's just trying to figure out a way to win football games. And he's done it three times. I mean, we almost did it four. you know, so. All right, I'm going to go back for a little bit of history lesson here, and I have a question for you. I think it's okay to share this piece of insider information with everyone since it was, what, 2008 or so when it was happening. I I don't know if I was the only one in the entire stadium that noticed, but when Mike Brown was kind of going through his uh, – I think it was like his first year's starting quarterback, when it was a run play – he would get in the huddle and put on his second receiver glove and have on two receiver gloves. When it was a pass play, he would slip off that glove and put it in his, like tuck it in his pants pocket there or whatever. It was, it was like, it was the craziest thing. And there towards the end of the season, it was like, all right, Mike Brown designed pass play, Mike Brown designed run play based on whether or not he had that second glove on. Uh, Yeah. That was the year that anybody noticed, or is that just me or what? No, that was the year that Tommy Beecher was was here. Oh, and okay. So okay. That yeah, was yeah, the 2000, yeah. That was 2008 when Tommy Beecher was here. So Mike was still playing receiver, but he was going in and out of receiver and quarterback. But yeah, I do also remember that him. If it was a pass play, he was going to take his he took his glove <laughs> off, and if it was a run play, he just kept his gloves on because he knew he was going back to receiver. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. Know. You're right. It was when he was kind of double. I mean, I remember that year that was at West Virginia where he like had punt return yards, oh, yeah, receiving yards, pass yeah. yards, rushing yeah. yards. It was an amazing game. But um, I mean, you think about, you think about Mike, like, which he's coming back for homecoming, by the way, for the Flames awesome. fans, he will be, he will be back for homecoming. He actually told me that tonight. Uh, but he, you know, I wonder how many players in college football have passed for a thousand yards, rushed for a thousand yards, and had a thousand yards receiving. Like wow. in all of college football, how many people were able to do that? That is that stat is kind of mind blowing when you think about it. I mean, like that is. It's just that's an unbelievable, that's an unbelievable stat. I I would love if we you know, I don't know how how big times this show. You got a stat guy back there, Chad? Can you get the stat guy on it to figure out how many <laughs> how many? How many people in college football did that? <laughs> no, our our stat guy sitting right here, John. If you if you don't know this one, we're 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 at, uh, we're out of luck. Um, I got to phone a friend or something on that one. Yeah, it would right, be go good ahead, to find John. out though, John. Yeah, 
No, but uh, Kyle, I, I appreciate you uh, you giving some insight into this. I, I'm wondering how much do you think the weather? You know, we're talking about the weather a lot for for Saturday. How much do you think, as a as a former player and coach, how much does that really have an impact? Because it's easy for us sitting in the stands or, or whatever to to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, it's going to you know make passing so difficult." How much does it really affect uh, the guys on the field? I mean, it just it depends on the weather and the rain. I mean, you guys are talking about the weather games that we had in 2009, that James Madison game at home, it felt like it was 33 degrees and raining. Like it was just like one degree above freezing where it wasn't going to snow. And it was the coldest I think I've ever been in my life. Even like, you know, playing and, and trying to stay, it was almost impossible because you're soaking wet and the field drainage sucked and the, the water was all the way up to our knees. It felt like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely affects you. It does. It's just, you know, people can like try to say that it doesn't, but it, I mean, it definitely affects, affects you. It probably affects play caller. Um, you know, you try to do all the things leading up to it. Like I guarantee you they're doing wet ball drills and the quarterbacks are throwing wet balls. And, you know, that was one special thing about Malik. It was like, if it was raining, it didn't matter. He was going to throw the same ball. Like he's, he's crazy like that, but a lot of quarterbacks, you know, struggle to, grip the football coach Austin always works with them with their grip and where they're, you know, holding the ball, um, you know, their hands, their fingers spread apart and their hands high on the laces um, high on the tip of the ball. Um, you know, with the receivers, I would always tell them, you know, whatever is comfortable for you, but if it were up to me, I'm telling you to take your gloves off, but what, you know, whatever is comfortable for them, and they want to do, but it definitely affects it. I mean, it affects the ball carrier. You have to be more conscientious about holding on to the football. I mean, the defense is going to come after it every time because it's, you know, it is slippery. And so it definitely, it does, it does have an effect. How much of an effect? I think it depends on the person. Sure. Hey, Kyle, question on Malik. You know, you brought him up. Um, I'm wondering, what point did did you and, and the rest of the staff kind of know that that this guy was just – just different, just unique. Cause you know, he came in that first year and had to, you know, kind of sit out and was kind of like the scout team quarterback. I mean, did you guys get a, get enough of a glimpse of him that year to know, or was it sometime during spring or summer the following season? Our, the defense, the defensive staff was telling us that he was a freak and that he was going to be, you know, unbelievable because he was going against them every day and, and, you know, hurting their feelings. Uh, but I think for us, you kind of knew the the athletic talent he had. You knew the arm talent he had. You knew he worked really hard and that he um, he wanted to know the information. He wanted to stay in the meetings as long as he could, you know, so we'd kind of keep him in there sometimes longer than the, the scout team meetings or whatever he would go to. Um, but he had to work. I mean, he had to get better. I think that's what Coach Austin and Coach Freeze did a great job of, you know, getting him to improve. You know, he wasn't as polished a passer as he was when he left when he arrived. It wasn't like he was just the same player and all of a sudden he gets on Saturdays and everyone's seen him play. I mean, he worked really, really hard, you know, to, to make that happen. And, and Coach Austin and Coach Freeze did a really good job developing him and getting him to that point where, you know, he was a, a draft pick. And I think he's going to be a, a really, really good pro. All right. Paul Dombrowski, who played at New Mexico State between 2002 and 2005, started his career as QB, transitioned his junior year to wide receiver, and finished his playing career uh, at that position. He finished with 
2,400 yards passing, 1,400 yards rushing, and 1,200 yards receiving. Uh, so, yeah, there's somebody done it at the FBS level. Heinz Ward was close to 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. But Mike Brown's right up there in that. It's amazing. That is a, that's a great I mean, how many How many uh, passing yards did Mike finish with? Oh, I, I don't have that right off the top of the table. Oh, come on. I thought, you were, I thought you were ready to spit all these out. No, I was reading that straight from a chat that our, our stat guy gave us. All right, our last question guy. for you here. And uh, John knows exactly where I'm going probably. This is my favorite question to ask anybody because it's so amazing to me. Uh, you were there on the sidelines against what we I would consider I mean we were a 26 point favorite against Akron it was an FBS program but they're not very good okay so what I consider to be a mediocre to 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 not very good opponent you were on the sideline for uh Saturday night it was electric Williams Stadium to me was electric especially the west side I tweeted about this week the west side was one of the best I've ever seen you know, the east side didn't have as many people on the top. Students were electric. The berm was a lot of fun. We had a big kind of party over there. You had your baby party. You had your uh, tackle football party. You had your student dance party. There, it was all kinds of crazy, but it was electric. My thoughts, my, my I want to get your take on, as a player, you you remember the days where, you know, we would, our, our home opener was always exciting. Homecoming was decent. And then we had to hope that we had a good game on the schedule for that third exciting game here we are yeah. two two games into the season both have been good home environments how much has it changed um it feels like it's sustainable i've been tweeting a little bit about old miss student section uh kind of getting railed by lane kiffin and not having you know they're not showing out how would you uh talk about our fans in general, the maturity of the fan base, how they're showing up for games. Uh, do you remember the day when it used to have to be the home opener or a big time opponent before anybody would show up? Uh, just comment on that because I don't think people that are kind of new to the fan base or uh, students, I don't think they really appreciate what it's like to, to not have a full stadium and kind of have that like, oh, we're a good team, but nobody's showing up feeling. Uh, what's your take on all that? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that because it goes. It it, were, it also kind of reminds me of like, you know, now you see on Flames Twitter, like all these usernames. You know, people hide behind these usernames. They don't want to come out and say who their real name is. But I'm cool with that. But they they're new. They're like newer fans. What I've realized, like they're not they're not people who have been there forever. It's more of like these this newer generation of fans, and so they expect us to kill Akron, like just murder Akron. And it's like a, a really, really hard, like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? And then they want to trash talk freeze and do all this stuff. And it's like, guys, like look back where we were at five years ago. Like it's, it has completely changed. We used to have to, you, you guys remember when they literally like gave away like free food to the student section at like seven o'clock just to get them to stay like that was in the jeff barber days because the students would leave the school would close the rot down at like 7 p.m or 8 p.m on a saturday night so all the students left so the school and the athletics program weren't even like you know together so we've gone from like all that happening where or we have seafall is a huge weekend 
first game's a big weekend and maybe homecoming. Those were like the three big ones. But then like towards the end of the season, nobody came to the games because it just wasn't, like you said, it wasn't sustainable. I mean, like people did not, they, they were just like, they were Liberty students. They weren't Liberty fans. They were still, they were Liberty students, but they were still Virginia tech fans or wherever the heck they were from. You know what I mean? Now it's completely changed where it's like, these are Liberty students and they're Liberty fans. These are Lynchburg uh, residents and Liberty fans. So people are starting to like become true. Like I either went to Liberty and I come back for the games. I know I have a chiropractor in Charlotte, North Carolina, who drives his family up every weekend for the games, which is, which is crazy. You know, we, we had people who graduated from Liberty who live in Lynchburg, who in 2007 wouldn't come to a game just because they're like, what football, like, you know? So, I mean, it's completely, it's completely changed. I love it. I mean, it's cool. You know, I get frustrated sometimes as you can tell with, with people like thinking that we should like be in the playoffs and like winning all these games, like by a hundred, just because, you know, we had a guy named Malik Willis last two years who dominated college football. Guys, it's it's a hard transition when you're transitioning a new quarterback. It's hard when you play three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. We played four quarterbacks in a season. I was the fourth quarterback when I was there. I never played. I would, I would have got killed. Like, I moved a receiver because I was like, I'm never playing this position, so get me out of here. Uh, so, you know, I mean, like, We've come so far. It's so fun to see. It's so fun to be a part of. the The stadium was was awesome. I mean, it was just like it felt like big time college football. And I think that's what Freeze has done. That's what the staff has done. And I think everyone just needs to, you know, pump the brakes, calm down a little bit. We're still, you know, six years removed from like being stoked about beating a Georgia State team, and like our our minds were blown that we could win an FBS game. Now it's like, hey. Hey, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to tamper that much at all because I feel a lot of the same way. But we were a 26 point favorite against Akron and they are kind of trash. So we not only us expected to, to throttle them, Vegas expected us to throttle them. No, I, I mean, I expected us to throttle them. I would also say, yeah, they, they weren't very good. But yeah, sometimes it doesn't right. happen that way. It's hard to maintain every single week. College football is no. hard. You know, they got yeah. players too. Yeah, Especially no, the I, transfer I'm, portal. I'm, Stuff. I'm oh, totally, you, though? totally with you. I am totally with you. Uh, look, I will look, you're going to come on again next week and we're going to ask you the same question. I want you to preach that same message to this congregation every Tuesday night, because it is, it is something that it touches my heart dearly. We have so many comments right now uh, with about your, uh, your hatred for anonymous accounts. Will Matthew <laughs> says, I'm, I ain't hiding. Uh, Sam Stone says, yeah, anonymous counts are the worst. Say it louder, <laughs> Kyle. Uh, so people, people, uh, you're hitting a, you're striking a chord there with Liberty Twitter. All right. We are. I love Liberty Twitter. I love the fans. I love that we have it. The support is great. Even the negative comments. I mean, it comes with it, you know, just no, not like all these, you know, big time schools have negative comments too. It's just, we need a little touch of reality sometimes to realize where we've come from, but that, is also if somebody's new, they don't know that, which is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, all for I, it. we put that up there on a tee for you because I felt like you would take that to the next level of hey, where we have come from. I ask that to John every single week, and he kind of paints that picture, but he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really get it with the same passion that you do. Uh, so, uh, John, we appreciate that. All right, guys, listen, Richie Longshots is in the backstage here. I uh, 
why don't you guys, I have a, an unspoken prayer request. If those are still a thing, I have an unspoken prayer request about the next like 10 to 15 minutes of this live stream. So uh, what's we'll Richie's pre- record right now? What are we at? Uh, year to date is still below 500. He did have a three in one week last week. So uh, okay. and they don't even post your record. You know, it's not good. Yeah. yeah we're going to talk to him about it. I didn't even, see it. It. I didn't even yep. see it. So listen, my job is to hold him accountable for his picks. And uh, the one thing about him is he's not going to hide from, from that record. I'm sure he'll have a list of excuses for that record, but we're about to find out here. Um, Kyle, John, appreciate you guys joining every week. Uh, John, uh, before we go, I want to say thank you for a sea of red, the platform, uh, everything you've built to give fans uh, kind of take us to the next level of engagement in this team. I know me and Kyle talked a little bit about it on Saturday at the game, uh, just how how much our fan base has matured, and a lot of that is to what you've done with the Sea of Red. So appreciate you doing that. Kyle, thanks for uh, towing that line of uh, not giving us any insider information, not having coaches in your DMs com- right, right <laughs> after this, uh, but also not making it super boring for fans as well. You're doing a great job of that. So uh, we'll look forward to doing that again next week. And you guys have a good week. Producer Nick, Let's hit that Richie Longshots uh, intro, and uh, I'm I'm gonna like kind of uh, I'm gonna get in a meditative mode here for the next ten seconds, kind of get my mind right. And uh, Nick, stay close to the mute button, stay close to the abort button, and uh, let's do this thing. No Oh, he's here. <clears throat> he is here. Uh, producer Nick has has reined him in some from somewhere up in Jersey. Uh, oh, we got the the Malik Willis Nike jersey on tonight, looking good. Uh, you're having a decent hair day. Uh, I'm sure you're with the gym tan laundry. Um, and uh, so, first of all, let's talk about your record last week and your yeah. year to date record. Are you I've, familiar I've been... with both of those numbers? I've been sitting backstage. I'm taking pot shots from everyone. Been here for <laughs> an hour and a half, it feels like. I can't believe it. Kyle, so, to everyone. You, this is ridiculous. I am 10 and 12 on the season, coming off of a 3 and 1 week. Whoa, now, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Go, go ahead. Just say it. <laughs> okay. Don't you typically pick five games? So what? Yeah. how do you go from picking five games to go in three and one. Talk to us sure. about that missing game and uh, how that it got expunged from your record somehow. Very simple. I picked Liberty when I assumed that it was salt shaking season. Uh, turns out he was hurt, didn't play. So I changed my mind. Sue me, Chad. Sue me. But d- hold on. I have a Bible verse. Exodus thirteen seventeen. Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Faust, yada, yada, yada. Uh, for God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. And do you know what I saw without Malik, uh, without Caden Salter? I saw a war against Akron. So uh, whoever just shouted out my jersey bought it from uh, China. So 25 bucks DHgate, no free ads, but DHgate, download the app. 
But so yeah, <coughs> three and one. Sue me. If that's the worst thing I did in the last five weeks, oh, it's, this is a pretty good five weeks. Okay, so three and one. We'll give you the record. You picked on Tuesday. Salter was announced out sometime in the middle of the week, <coughs> which, um, you know, we'll expunge that from your record. Three and one, pretty good week. Um, you're riding high on Kansas, it seems like, every week. I'm interested to see. But before we get to all the extra college football games, let's talk about this Liberty game, the monsoon. I am really interested. We've talked to every guest tonight about how the monsoon the rain prediction will affect the game from a, a, a gambling perspective. How does that impact the game for you uh, in terms of do you, do you take overs unders differently? Do you think one team gets an advantage because of the rain? Uh, talk to us about this Liberty game and specifically the rain. And uh, what do you got this week for us? Yeah. So last week, the line moved so much in Liberty's favor. Uh, when you looked at the, the spread this week, it moved with the over-under, most likely because of uh, the impending hurricane. I think it was partially Vegas set it a little high. Uh, opened up 48 and a half or so, and it is now down at like 41. And that is crazy. No one knows when this game is going to be played. Who knows? Uh, so many games are getting switched. I saw Florida is playing on Sunday now. South Carolina moved their game to Thursday. And, and, and right now this game is at... 41 and a half. I don't like betting an over under like that because in college football, weird things happen. Uh, we just heard the gentleman earlier talk about kicks getting blocked, Old Dominion leading the country in block kicks last year. When when that's on the table, avoid at all costs. The way this matchup works for Liberty with our experienced offensive line, with day day, all day, that's got to be a t shirt, right? We're going to print print the shirts, print the shirts, day day, all day. Uh, Old Dominion's running defense way worse than what their passing defense is. So Liberty, I think, is going to control the game. Unsure of who the quarterback's going to be. Very hopeful it's going to be Caden Salter. Um, I think even without Caden, Liberty has that advantage. The thoroughbred package, as our uh, boy, shout out, happy birthday, uh, Coach Freeze. I threatened someone on Twitter for him on, I think, Saturday night. Uh, my wife was very confused why my phone was blowing up. Uh, it's a sign because where was I on Saturday? I was betting the ponies. I was riding Paco Lopez, best jockey on the East Coast with early speed, taking them all the way, betting the thoroughbreds. I had a great day. Great day. Don't tell the wife. Don't tell the IRS. Uh, made all the money back that I uh, had lost in the, the, the early weeks riding high. So thoroughbred package. If, if, if Nate's the guy, we're riding it. Liberty minus two, but this is very interesting. I'm going to pull my phone up right now. Um, oh, this is perfect. I didn't even ask for this. You could see FanDuel right now has that line at minus one and a half. Other books have that line at minus two and a half. I have people, shocking to me, reach out to me every week saying, hey, I'm interested in a sports betting thing. What, like, where should I put my money? And I tell them every time, everywhere. You have to always be looking at what the lines are at different sports book, sports books. Don't commit to one place. Right now, if I like Liberty, which I just thought the line was minus two, I see minus one and a half, done. Fanduel, Fanduel. That's where I'm putting my money. That's where I'm going to ride. Surely not going to go uh, to to one of the ones that are, are two and a half. So I think that the the way this game is shaping up to be a grind it out, similar to last week. Last week, 
was not very pretty. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being beeline towing and 10 being taste of Philly cheesesteaks, last week was like a a 3.5. Not great. But we showed that we can win that grind-it-out game time and time again. And with with, with a uh, spread that's within a field goal, I love Liberty in the spot. Grind the ball, day-day, all day. And if Salter, if Salter's the guy, we're going to have the ball. Um, you know, quick short passes within 10 yards. And I, I feel good. I did not feel good about this until the rain, but the rain makes me feel good. So bring on the rain. Noah's Ark, hit me with it. All right. So uh, we got a lot to unpack there. First of all, day, day, all day, day. Love that. Uh, second of all, uh, we're sorry, Elmer Towns, if you're watching this. And uh, how how Richie just said, uh, I think he said uh, he quoted some scripture and said blah 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 in there. He did not mean that. It was just blah, he blah, did blah. that he did he didn't know the next words in the verse. So it wasn't a blah 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 out of disrespect. It was a blah 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 out of uh, uh, out of uh, not knowing. Uh, so and then thirdly, yeah, I, so I can't say the word Philistines on command. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is why I got to see an Old Testament. I had to go to Elmer Towns' worship service on a Sunday morning, blistering headache, the whole thing. <laughs> I'm writing in sermon notes to hand in. Yeah. And no wonder I got to see. Yeah. OK, so uh, lastly here, I, if I hear you correctly, you are on the you are on Liberty. W- which way would you lean over under? I know it's come from 48 down to 41 and a half at some books. Uh, I know you're not putting this on your record or I'm, if I'm hearing you right, you're not putting this on your record, but how does the, how does that over under move from 48 to 41? Is that all rain? Is that QB situation? Is that just people taking the under uh, because it was set too high? How's a Hugh freeze coach team moving seven points towards the under? I think it's, I think it's two points QB related, five points weather related. And the the question of who's going to be the quarterback is obviously a big uh, a big question. And, and Vegas doesn't really know Liberty the way they know Alabama, the way they know Arkansas, the way they know LSU. So we're able to, when we can get in at the right time, beat Vegas to when they move that line. So when that line first opened, I didn't jump on it because I was hesitant about it. I, I wasn't sure how the weather was going to impact everything. I think it's mostly weather, um, as are so many other games. Um, Clemson, NC State, I think it's the best game of the week. Um, that's another game. The line opened at 47, and it is now down at 40 and a half. So all the games that are, that are taking place in that southeast area, obviously we hope everyone is safe. Um, thoughts and prayers for everyone out there. But all those games, those over-unders are dropping a touchdown automatically. So it's not just that Liberty game. I think it probably started with that quarterback situation and the questions and then dropped because of the weather like all the other games did. Are we going to give you a free pass again if if the quarterback is not Salter? Or do you want the free pass? You used your get-out-of-jail-free pass free last pass. week. Nope, uh, no. Don't need the free pass. You're taking Liberty minus, minus one and a half, uh, no matter who the starting quarterback is. Thoroughbred package. I'll take you. If, if you're the starting quarterback, I'll take minus one and a half. Hey, hey, look, hey, we got, we got an arm over here. All right. Uh, so how, uh, 
yeah, you talked a little bit about the over-unders for the rest of the week. Is that where you're hammering for the other four picks, or what do you got for us for around college football? And please tell me you're still on Kansas. You're one of the few one of the few prognosticators around the country who was on Kansas early and has remained on Kansas. Props to you for, for riding a rock chalk Jayhawk all the way to the bank. Well, first off, thank you, Chad. After the, the slander I got from the previous crew, 10 and 12, not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. But when you look at the whole scheme of everything, we're five weeks into it. Three of those weeks, I've been in the positive. Two of those weeks, I've been in the negative. So if take out those two, I've had two really bad weeks. Everything else has been pretty good. Three good weeks, two bad weeks, not bad. 10 and 12 overall, I'll take it. And I'm going to be honest, when I looked at the board this week, I hated it, loathed. I went, ugh, this game stinks, ugh, huck, pooey. It reminded me of that first semester uh, when you come back from summer vacation and you look at the convocation schedule and you realize you hate all the convo speakers and you realize you're going to spend all your Flames cash at Hardee's, uh, skipping convo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's how I felt looking at the board. And I don't love it. There's not a ton of games that stick out. And to be honest, I was still looking at games, uh, figuring out what I was trying to, to, to hammer in on right when we were talking with the guy from ODU. So we're going to spread it out a little bit this week because of the weather, uh, because we're getting into that, that, that point of college football season where it's conference play. We're going to be getting games on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to give a Thursday, a Friday, uh, and then three Saturday games. First things up, and I got notes. Even though I hate the board, failure, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So I got ready for this no matter what. So first game I like, Utah State, BYU, over 16 and a half. Both teams have not very good uh, defenses. BYU is capable of scoring a ton of points. They can hang 40. Utah State, I, you know, they've had a tough schedule. They played Alabama, UNLV. They also kind of stink. I, I, I was high on them week one and uh, egg on my face. It was not great. But I think Thursday night, they're out in BYU. Uh, the kids are going to be not hopped up on caffeine. And I, I, I just think we're going to get like a, a 48, 49 to 14 game. Utah State's going to score a couple points, but BYU is going to run it up as well. It's in state. So both teams are going to be playing uh, up until the end. Utah State, a lot of those players. Didn't get recruited by BYU, so they're going to be gunning even in you know late third, fourth quarter when the game might be out of reach. They're still going to be trying to score touchdowns. So that's my Thursday night play. Friday night, Washington minus three against UCLA. Apparently, UCLA is having serious trouble selling tickets to this game. It is a home game for UCLA. The kids don't care about football at UCLA. It is what it is. It's no one's fault. But Washington is the real deal. And if you're looking for a good Heisman bet right now, his odds are probably you know lower than they were four weeks ago. But Michael Penix Jr. is the real deal. 12 touchdowns, one interception. They're scoring 44 points a game. They are an absolute wagon. Um, and they are beating good teams. They beat Michigan State. They beat Stanford. UCLA has beaten Colorado, who may be the worst team in uh, power five football, USA, 
Alcorn State and Bowling Green. Yeah, you look at the numbers and UCLA has the yards, but they're beating nobody. Washington is gone and they have an electric quarterback similar to Kansas. They look like the real deal. On to the Saturday slate. Kansas, Iowa State. Oh, oh, here we go. We rock chalk Jayhawk for like a fourth week in a row. I've been addicted to three things in my life. Nasal spray, (laughs) Bowberry biscuits, and betting on Kansas. And I'm not ready to quit now. So I love that. That I'm I'm a little hesitant for in the trust tree, Chad. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Secret time. I don't know if Kansas can win this game. But that's okay because we're betting the over. Because Iowa puts up points. Take away that that game they had against uh, Iowa that was just atrocious, terrible football. They've scored 42 points, 43 points, 31 points. Kansas has scored 35, 48, 55, all against FBS teams. Both teams average 30 points a game. Kansas averages almost 50 points a game. Um, And I just think this game matches up well. It's at Kansas, midday game. Stadium's going to be bumping. Ride, Ride Kansas. I don't again, I don't think they win the game. But I do like the over uh, when it comes to that. So it's an over. It's an over weekend for all the games out west. Don't bet the games east. This is this is Richie West Coast right now. Just betting all the games out west. Just stay away from the hurricane. I love that you've given us a Thursday, a Friday, and uh, what is your last pick here? Do you have one more, or is that oh, it? Oh, my last my last game is the late night. This is a terrible game. <laughs> and let it like, do not watch this game. This is the game that your wife's like, all right, honey, come to bed. You're like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm going to use the bathroom. Punch in the ticket. Go to bed. Don't watch it. Because it'll, it's bad football. We, had a, we have a 930 uh, London game in NFL next week. So, Quick, quick turnaround uh, when it comes to just overall watching football this week. Colorado against Arizona. The spread is 17 and a half. Colorado has lost by 25, 31, 72, and 28. They are a dumpster fire. They score 12 points a game. They give up. 43 points a game. Arizona scores 29 points a game. They give up 34. But again, these teams stink. Arizona, bad football team. But they're a bad football team. Colorado is an atrocious football team. And Colorado on the road, it's a late night game. Uh, for us, at least, it's still kind of late night over there for them. But Arizona, they, they they got at least, they got a couple of pieces. They got a kid. Uh, he's boomer bust, throws touchdowns, throws interceptions. Give me that guy. He's now playing against a really bad team. Roll, roll the dice. Arizona minus 17 and a half. There it is. There's the five. Let's do it so, to it, Lars. Is that five? Is that five including Liberty or is that six including Liberty? Five including Liberty. Five including all, Liberty. So all, what do we- all, always bet an odd number of games. Anyone who's watching this going, I'm getting into sports betting. Shout out to my man, Jerry. 
always bet an odd number of games. He's got to be above 55% to make a profit. Okay, so if we are going uh, five games, we're 10 and 12 right now. That means we have to go four and one to get uh, four and one would put us at 14 and 13 and get us above 500. If you go four and one this week, uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about contract negotiations and things, but we might need to lock you in for next year's uh, live podcast early. Uh, one comment here is I love the picks. This is the first week that I've been uh, agreeing with everything you've said and uh, and and kind of uh, riding and, and tailing most of everything. Uh, it is early. Watch the weather. Watch what happens with QB situations, all that kind of thing. Another comment I had is if this week goes the same way as your hair has gone tonight, it is going to be all over the place. Yeah, but but perfect. But perfect. So so we're hoping for another four in one week. Um, and and with that, uh, you know, we got we got 10 and 10 and 12 on the year. Uh, we go four and one this week. We're back above 500. Uh, had a great week last week. And uh, we're picking the Flames uh, and we're staying away from most of the other East Coast games and going West Coast this week. I love it. It's going to be great watching at least whether or not. Uh, the games hit. At least we'll have something to watch late at night. So in uh, the transition to the 930 London game with that, we'll pass it over to you for final thoughts here to me. Yeah. What do you oh. got? Final final thoughts on this week of college football? Um, it's a weird week. You know, we're, we're transitioning into conference play, all that good stuff. There's some good SEC games out there. I'm excited. I, I loved Alabama, Arkansas, but stayed away from it betting wise. Um we're moving in the right direction. September was a decent month. We can get through September treading water, and that's where I feel like I'm at right now. Treading water. We're gonna we're we're gonna excel in October. We're treading okay. water now. We're gonna excel in October. Uh, things are well. Um, I added, I added. Uh, for those who know, I keep a list, a list of the haters, and uh, on the top of the list. Oh no. Or, uh, boy, Jerry, number two, Dr. Ross, my earth science professor, three on the list. Now, John and Kyle for their hatred <laughs> or, or maybe I'm the old guy that hates, uh, new traditions, but I loathe. Don't stop believing. I loathe it. I think it's one of the most overrated songs of all time. No one. Can I say it? No, 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 say it. You know, just I, stop I right hate there. don't, don't stop believing. Okay, hate don't stop it. believing. Okay, and okay. We, we don't need your list. We don't need the list of everybody that's hater. Let's, well, let's I, get... There's only five on the list right okay, now. Okay, okay. And okay. five is people that call it the Baptist side. Okay, yeah, I agree that maybe we should maybe should come up with a new name for the Baptist side. All right, good luck this week. Thank you for joining. Uh, man, yeah. I... I, I I have so many questions for you about like your newfound uh, fame in the Liberty Twitter, how that's treating you. Uh, if you are planning to go any more road games, uh, it, all that kind of thing, because, you know, the questions are out there. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll leave it that we'll save that for another time. I appreciate the picks. We're definitely we're definitely tailing this week and uh, we're going to uh, we're going to try to make some money. Uh, and, you know, the biggest one is Liberty minus one and a half two, two and a half. I really feel that that's a strong pick this week. We won by 28 last year. ODU is kind of garbage again this year. 
Um, I was kind of giving ODU guy uh, lip service there, but they're going to be garbage and we're going to win by like 14. So uh, that's kind of my pick too. So we're on that one with you. All right. With that, we we will end the podcast here. Uh, Shout out producer Nick for uh, you and I have not been on the same page tonight and I am taking the L on that one. Every time we've had a transition to a new guest, I've been talking and uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not on my A game tonight, but you made it work tonight. And I appreciate you doing that. Always. He puts together all these sweet graphics. He puts together all of everything you're seeing right now is mostly him. So shout out to him for taking this to a whole new level and uh, much appreciated. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Go flames as always, Richie, appreciate your time. And uh, we will be, we'll be seeing.